You want to book as much acting work as you can, as often as you can. We get that. The thing is, you don't book acting work by focusing on booking acting work. The industry is more dynamic than that. The art is more interesting than that. By taking you inside the craft, the casting room, and the business, and bringing other industry experts into the conversation, we dig in. We pull back the curtain of the industry and show you how much power you really have as an artist. And by bringing your humanity to the work and the industry, you become an artistic leader the kind of actor who books work. Even after decades of working with actors all over the world, in our classes at the BGB studio, teaching, coaching, casting, directing, producing, acting, on set, on stage, behind the camera and in front, nothing excites us more than seeing you express your unique artistic voice, humanize the business, and book work doing it. We're here on the podcast and in class at the BGB studio to give you all the tools you need to be a championship-level working actor right now in an industry that desperately needs your voice and your leadership. Yeah, industry and artistry. This is the only place you're going to hear this. I'm Risa. And I'm Steve. And this is the Acting Podcast from the BGB studio. Hi, Steve. (laughs) Hello, Risa. Well, we're talking today about your relationship with your family, loved ones. Wait, with my family? <laughs> yeah. No, with your, what, yes. So what comes up around oh, that? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, so much. So much. Yeah. And we all have that, you of know, course. and when, when we deal with our family outside of this little bubble of work and career that we've created for ourselves, what does that look like when you're going home for holidays, when you're dealing with family at a wedding or a an event or even dealing with people, friends and and family who are not inside your world, what is that like to have to then manage that, manage all the feelings that come up and manage their expectations? So and, many landmines in all of this, particularly yeah. given that most actors have, by virtue of uh, answering this call to pursue this, mm-hmm. zigged to their family zag, typically. This is like, the, oftentimes they're the outlier. It's not always the case. You know, you get the the kids of actors uh, showing up to the industry, but but for the most part, it's uh, uh, this was a singularity in someone's family. And as someone who's raising two kids, and you're raising two kids also, Risa, um, we know how big the feelings are yeah. from the from the family standpoint. You know, who, regardless of their intention, there are big feelings either because you want so much for this person that you've invested so much in or you just genuinely want them to be happy and healthy, and they've chosen an industry that's emotionally violent and that doesn't offer steady income. So, uh, and a myriad of other reasons why, uh, you know, the whole uh, thing is fraught with landmines. But uh, um, it gets tricky. Yeah, I feel that with my daughter, you know, being that she's entering this industry in some way, don't know what it'll ultimately be for her, uh, but I feel so protective of her, but I understand it. I mean, she's lucky in that she's grown up in this in this world. And so she has certain information and experiences to, to navigate that. But I didn't have that. You didn't have that. You know, I, I grew up in a family that was my, both my parents were creative people, but they had given that up for, you know, for, for a life they'd chosen. They thought they had to my father, songwriter, my mother, a dancer. And so in some ways I had the support in that they wanted me to go and live the life that I dreamt because it was fulfilling things for them, but with such, you know, caution. I remember when my mother died, I found a box of 
every clipping of everything, every program, anything that I'd, and she'd never really said, I'm proud of you. Hmm. Um, during all that, I heard that at the funeral. Your mother was so proud of you. And then I found this box wow. of stuff and she never, ever said anything, but she kept this huge pile, this huge stack of everything I had ever done. Um, and, uh, and, and that's what happens. Families don't often express that to their kids. Sure. And so we go, we don't know that. We have, there's such a disconnect between where we are, where our hearts are, where our desires are, where our yearnings are and our ambitions and our parents and our family's understanding of that. Right. So perhaps the first step in all this, and by the way, everyone has their version of this, right? Like I, yes. you talk to mom or dad or sister or brother or your partner or your kids even after yeah. the audition. Yeah. And with all the anticipation, they say, how did it go? Yeah. <laughs> and you have to say, you know, whatever you say, I shat the rug or, you know, the utter elation of I'm going straight to wardrobe. I booked it, which is rare. Yeah. Um, or the, I don't know. And I know, but I'm feeling the pressure from you when you ask the question, like, leave me alone. Yeah. And I know <laughs> like, you don't want, ask. I know you want the best for me. Of course. Yeah. But I just, it's so much because right. it's so loaded in those relationships. I think we have to acknowledge first how loaded that is. Right. Because the, the actors are oftentimes barely hanging on emotionally themselves, right? So to then have to hold space for someone else's um, excitement or anticipation or potential disappointment or how do I deal with you? Is it going to be a disappointment or, you know, a, a joyous situation or what's it going to be? It's sort of like when someone's, you know, terminally ill, this is awful, but when someone's terminally ill, Go, yeah. they end up having to hold space for the people That's that right. are seeing them and That's so sad right. for them right. and their experience. Yeah, it's we like, have to take care of those people. But you know what? Right. In a way we do, and we'll get to that. How do you sure. take care of those people? That's right. Because there are ways to do that. But first, you have to take care of yourself. Right. And so let's talk about what that looks like. Yeah. And so so when you get those external, those questions or those, you know what you really need to do is you should get on that NCIS show. That's it. You got to get on that show. That's the right show. Uncle, what's his name says. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it speaks to like, yeah. <laughs> no, they have no idea how this industry works. <clears throat> they see the 0.1%, uh, you know, the swimming pools and champagne and red carpets, and they think that's what this thing is. And so you're in pursuit of that. So go do that. Go do or, that. You should be on that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, cousin, what's his name? Ha knows someone who's in the sound department department at uh, universe, yeah. you should talk to, you know, all this stuff, right? Yeah. So, so all these external forces are being thrown at you yeah. and you feel, uh, like on some level you need to acknowledge or, um, or, or, sh or present some sort of notion of things are going great when they're really not or whatever that is, or deal with the, uh, hold space for their feelings, manage their feelings. And I think all of this, um, has to start from you knowing what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yeah. Um, so that when you go back, let's say for Thanksgiving dinner or holiday dinner or whatever, uh, and there's tension in the air and all you're hearing is, you know, cutlery on, on a plate and it's sort of thick and someone raises their head and says, so how's Hollywood treating you or whatever they say. Making a living yet? Whatever that ridiculousness yeah. Yeah. is. So I've I seen you on anything. What, what you been in? How's yeah. that? You know, that kind yeah. of stuff, yeah, yeah. which can be so triggering because it makes you, it forces you to look at, wait a minute, what have I done since last year at the this dinner. Right. Yeah. And the answer may not be uh, anything yeah. uh, that, that would satisfy uncle what's his nuts. And know that they want the best for you, potentially. But maybe they don't, right? Well, well, let's account for the variations well, they don't, they in family to, dynamics. But they don't want you to fail. They right. just Sometimes they want you to be accountable. It's like, you know, your brother's a lawyer. You're, yeah. You know, you're, you're, all your friends are right. doing such and such. They all own homes. Like, what right. are you doing? It's. I mean, so it can be confrontational right. or it can be challenging, but, but ultimately they want you to be 
ultimately successful and and happy and what then then what is their idea of success versus yours so then you show up is, with yeah. with a feeling like you need to present success right. so you're giving them the instagram version of well i you know saw viola davis uh, at lunch the other day or whatever you know or she walked by me or uh, i i uh, uh, got a call back for this you start leading with the, the the fodder that may excite them or think like you're doing something which feels really false Ooh, yeah, yeah and you you've... need a vacation from that vacation when yeah. you come back and like finally after you know three days of the holidays your your shoulders can release a little bit and you come back to some reality yeah. you start compartmentalizing and putting like putting this best foot forward quote unquote. So what if you did the work of knowing what this was for you, knowing why you did this on a really fundamental deep level? Which by the way is work that, that you guys need to do all the time, not sure, just no because you're on the you know, you're you're waiting to board your plane to go home for the wedding or the holiday or whatever that is. You need to do this on a really fundamental re level. Right. Always right, right. go on. And so so what if you were able to show up in that situation and accurately articulate with a great degree of honesty why you do this and and what it is for you and what it is not and et cetera, et cetera, so that when you get asked those questions and have to deal with the ridiculousness, you don't have to become some false person or some version right. of yourself that you think they want uh, to see. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's, that will probably make your situation with your family a little easier. It'll make, uh, life a little bit easier for you. So you have um, to start with that, right? For that, absolutely go deep into why I'm doing this really ultimately, which is not necessarily, or ultimately to get that guest star or co-star on NCIS or any of those shows. We want that for you, but that's not why you're doing this. And that's not going to be your consistent happiness or success or satisfaction. Sure. Now that may not be enough for Aunt What's-Her-Name. Yeah. She may uh, think that that's ridiculous, that you're putting yourself through that. Yeah. Why don't you just go back to school? What's the matter with you? Or whatever, right? Yeah. But, and so, so we'll get to the next uh, step of this, which is boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Right, right. But, but, but at the same time, like, you got to know for yourself at all times, and, and I think... Um, th that that will manifest itself in that situation uh, more effectively if you do know um, why you're doing this on a really clear fundamental level, what it is for you, what it is not for you. What I mean by that is this isn't necessarily the thing that's paying your rent right now. Did last month, but maybe not this month or whatever that is. But or not yet or yeah, yeah, any of yeah, that. Like, yeah. Account for the truth of whatever that is mm -hmm. and know why you're still doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can speak from that authority of this is who I am, full stop. This is what I am doing, full stop. And here's why, full stop. Um, unless someone's a complete asshole, which they may be, uh, or they've had a few and so they're a little tipsy and shooting their mouth off, you uh, can speak from some authority. And, and it's undeniable if you declare who you are and what you're doing and why. Um, and that may be a discussion, but if you know they say, well, that's ridiculous, what they're saying is that wouldn't work for me. I don't have the stones to do that. Right. I couldn't navigate those emotional, financial, et cetera, ups and downs. Well, so you're not me. So right. go back to your accounting job or whatever with no disrespect. Uh, but we uh, want different things out of life. Take care. And I think that if people hear your heart, your vulnerability, your your why, your 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 coming back to the truth of why this is important to you, why this matters to you, they may hear things a little bit differently. If Maybe. you know what that is, if you really keep coming back to that, I think it'll get, give you clarity in your life and your career overall because you need to keep doing that and keep coming back to this is why this fills me up. Because right. I think the positive of it isn't 
about, it's not about being defensive. It's about being able to offer, I live and breathe this. This is what it does for me. Yeah. This is why I need this. This is the part of it that is important. This is the part of it that may be the reward or the you know, the result of that. But I am in this part of it. I am in the discovery part of it. I am in the filling up my tank. I am in the being an artist part of it. I am in the creating part of it. And that makes me happy and fills me up. And I need it. It's like oxygen for me. And I get that that may not be your world, but this is why, this is where I'm at with this. This is the love that I have for this, this love affair I have with this thing. And then the other stuff goes away because it can't hold a candle sure. <clears throat> to that kind of internal validation and, and personal passion. And what is so interesting, and I think worthy of gratitude, of going back to a situation like that where people seemingly don't understand you, and Cousin Jackass, who is like the investment banker, asks a bit of a loaded question with a little bit of a snide whatever, or maybe you're projecting or whatever, mm -hmm. is that it forces you to declare who you are. That It's actually not those people being jerks. They may not just get it. They, that's, they just don't understand. Fine. Yeah, yeah. But it asks you to declare yourself. And if you're not sure, if that internal battle, even in yourself, is... Well, I'm I'm not a lead on a TV series right now. Um, by the way, that can even be true of people who go back when they were leads on TV series two years ago, but not now, right? Oh like my it's God. like all the, the time, the, right? The, more, again, the shame we is talk, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. The more success you have, the more challenge. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, um, but it forces you to know for yourself why are you doing this and what matters to you. Yeah. And and what a great exploration. So we offer yep. that to you as a time for you to come back to that, to explore that and to take ownership of that. Really get in the muck of that because if you can express that to other people, then you get to really take ownership of it. You get sure. to really know what that is for yourself. And now I do want to account for those folks who are going back to situations that uh, are uh, very, very difficult. I mean, families get really challenging. And, and I think it's also important, beyond knowing why you do this, that you have a clear sense of your boundaries. And, and if you are so clear on why you're doing this and why it's important, and there's a consistent barrage of snide remarks or you know, what, making you feel less than, um, then my goodness, you know, uh, limit your time yeah. and, you know, yeah. this is none of my business, but I'm saying like create whatever boundaries you need to create so that you get the family time that either you're obligated to put in or that you, you know, feel you need to, yeah. but so you don't come back beat up. Yeah. Um, and that's really hard for a lot of folks. I think yeah. there's an expectation that you go back for the holidays or whatever, but if it comes at a, at a cost, I think that that gets tricky. So, you know, boundaries look like, um, limiting the time, limiting the space, um, being really clear about this is the time I have, this is the time I don't have. So, you know, not letting someone dictate your time for you. Yeah. Um, with family, you can kind of just go on autopilot sometimes or go back to, you know, old relationships the way they were when you were 14 or 13 or whatever. But that stuff gets really tricky, I think. And so uh, figuring out where it's time to uh, allow for the space together and also where it's time for the personal boundary so that you're not wrecked. You that need is to, so important. You need to take that kind of space because what we all tend to do when we go back to families, we tend to regress into old relationships that never matured. So now you're 14 again because that's when it was the most heightened, toxic, or crazy. And so we tend to go back into those places and 
forget, we've got to have a real awareness and consciousness of this is what happens when I'm with my mother and father. This is what happens when I'm with my sister who has three kids. This is what happens when I'm with my uncle who has different political or you know socioeconomic views than me. This is what happens when I'm with my friend's husband who judges me because I make his wife feel a certain way. And then when I leave, she's she misses her old life as an actor, all those things. So, so knowing what that is and knowing that you're, that you're stepping back often, you, you're, you're unmaturing yourself, if that's even a concept, sure. and just that self-awareness to go, oh shit, this is triggering me. This is bringing this shit up for me. So right. I need to protect myself from all of this and creating space for that. I remember when I first when, um, learned this, when I went home, oh, I'm going to take some time for myself because you feel like there's so much obligation and there's a fantasy also about what this looks like. What about taking time for yourself away from all of that? personal space, personal time, and even stuff that's going to creatively fill you up. Go to a movie you really want to see. Go write somewhere. You know, so when you come back to your family and you walk back into the house or back into the, the situation, you're also, you've just filled yourself up with something sure. that's made you feel good. Um, this writing is, a, I mean, that's essential because it's something you could do in private, but it is a meditation. You yeah. are exploring, We're you talking are journaling expressing. journaling all kinds. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Just yeah. like yeah. To, to do that, you know, even if you're staying at a place where you don't necessarily feel anything but tension, that's a beautiful portal into your creative world that you can do without screaming at somebody. Yeah. And, and getting all that out. <clears throat> and I go one step further with that. What about writing about that? So you're journaling or you're doing with the morning pages or whatever yeah. you're doing and you're just getting it out and you're dealing with it. You're walking, you're meditating, you're exercising, you're doing things to really process through all this. But then write about these people. I mean, <laughs> the people I know who are the most extraordinary writers write about family you know, I mean, I'm thinking of playwrights I know, Richard Greenberg and um, and and Ed, Ed Baker and people who I know who write about family, because that's how they deal with the toxicity. Right. You know, so what about observing that and writing about that a little bit? And, sure, no doubt. And 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 because that's what you know, and it's going to be just coming out all over the place. Right. You know, and also be careful about what you consume. This kind of stuff makes you want to eat more, drink more. You know, do all kinds of things to 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 dull all of that stuff that's coming at you. Well, what you're talking about here is, can we go back to a situation like that um, and be present and and not run from it by you know drinking too much or eating all the stuff or whatever? Mm -hmm. And that's really hard. Like it takes uh, some fortitude. Yeah. But I think with a bit of self knowing and some boundaries, that's I think it's doable. It's just challenging. And then you know the other piece of it. Is uh, is compassion and understanding in all this, and um, yeah, that's you know big. I think yeah. you once you understand yourself, you'll likely understand that here you are a hypersensitive creature. I mean, so much of my challenges with family generally, including my kids and my wife, is that I'm so hypersensitive, and 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 that that means that I have to be protective, but. But you you have to understand that they didn't get the memo, right? Like when you go back, or you know, for they're 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 in their lives, and 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 they haven't been exploring, you know, truthful emotional expression uh, all day every day. Like yeah, they're yeah. they're not actors. Yeah. Chances are, yeah. So they may or may not get that on some level. And yeah. so understanding where they come from, understanding the limitations that they may have. Um, if you're all day every day around people who are 
working on themselves and in therapy and um, not that your family isn't, but just like that you're with those people who are really open with their feelings and you go back to a situation which people don't necessarily understand that because they're not actors or artists or hypersensitive themselves. Um, you have to know that and know that that environment is going to be different and that asking them to really see you and hear you is tantamount to asking you know, someone who doesn't have the use of their legs to walk. It's not going to happen. And so if you can approach it from a place of compassion, yeah. and, and that requires understanding of, you know, the uh, landscape that created them or got them to, to, to that place, yeah. um, then you'll realize that uh, what you can expect and what you can't. You know, and in that, I love that you're saying that because what that does is also just brings us back to humanity. So now you understand that somebody has their stuff right. and they're dealing with whatever that is, their own insecurities, their own challenges. And then we meet each other as human beings. You know, we, we, we have compassion for somebody, understand them, and really meet them where they're at. And ultimately, there's probably common ground in that. Sure. Everybody's going through the same stuff. Everyone's coming to that same Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas gathering or wedding or bar mitzvah or, you know, christening or whatever that is with the same crap. People are so loaded. So to understand what that is, one of the things I've always tried to do, I just did it at a wedding recently a couple of weeks ago, was to be present for other people, ask them questions, see where they're at. And then you know what happens? You find common ground with somebody that you thought, I don't know, this guy like puts an alarm system somewhere in outside of Philadelphia. But then what I really got to was, you know, he lost someone in his life and he was feeling lonely and we got to a common place, which was far more interesting than, you know, what I'm doing in my career, you know? And so that's what, that's something that you can potentially find with somebody either that you know or that you don't know. Um, and again, as you said, you may not. You may just hit the wall with somebody who just doesn't want to have it. Then you move away from that person. But there's got to be somebody who you can connect with on a on a human level and find some some common emotional ground, human and ground. The 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 black belt version of this is going back, knowing everyone's limitations, knowing that they may not be able to see you the way that you've always wanted to be seen. Yeah, yeah. They may not, even parents may not be able to give you everything that you want, you know, right. in terms of emotional connection because yeah. they may have their limitations. And can you show up with an understanding that you are not that person, that you um, are emotionally open and are doing the work of that and that they are not, and that you can be there to uh, gently guide them to a place, but to, but to minimize your expectations in all that because you understand the landscape. That's really important, I think. And that's generosity. That's being able to approach this with a certain amount of generosity, which right. is almost the antithesis of how do I show up and defend my stuff? It's like, forget about all that. Let's get away from that. Nobody's right. really ultimately interested in that. Right. You know, They're interested in their own human experience. And so how can you help either guide them or connect with them on that level? And there's so many parallels between an actor's relationship to the industry and the people in the industry, particularly the hierarchy, the, the people with the quote unquote power. Um, and I believe that that oftentimes actors just transfer parental relationships to a casting director, agent, teacher, and all making yourself small and powerless. Right. Yeah. So it's the same principle, right? Yeah. Like self-knowing, uh, creating boundaries, um, understanding the limitations, compassion. Where can I serve? Where is there space for presence? It, whether you're dealing with the industry or your family, or you know Thanksgiving dinner, it's the same damn thing. Mm -hmm. um, but again, it requires work. It requires practice. 
uh, it's a it's a consistent practice that that to to show up and not be in this place of well what's in it for me I need to protect. You know, one thing that uh, is important in all of this is to find and know who your allies are. I know for me that when I've gone home. Uh, if I know my friend Della is available to me and nearby or with me, she gets me, we grew up together, she always uh, got me, and if I know she's there, she's my touchstone, my anchor, and all the crazy stuff around us doesn't really matter because she's there. And so there's often somebody who can ground you in that. Um, and if not, the person with you at a family event or gathering, there's somebody who you can Skype with or call or text with, not just anybody, but somebody who really grounds you, who can be your touchstone and who can give you that kind of uh, sense of self to just keep bringing you back to yourself and your your truth. I know an actor who um, works quite a bit in different cities and he's part of this religious organization that uh, feeds the homeless. They're all over the world. Mm -hmm. And so wherever he goes, he does his best to find that organization. And he'll actually go from set to, you know, that city's version of Skid Row to feed the homeless. And it's a similar situation when uh, there's family involved. It's, uh, if you can find that place that is a connecting, grounding place for you, uh, if you're in the program, find meetings, you know, AA or otherwise, uh, Al-Anon, et cetera, uh, wherever you are. So, and again, whatever that is for you, um, you can do some work to find some sort of place that you got to duck out to, to, to get grounded if you yeah. need to. And again, all of this is just about trying to create space for you in this situation. So you don't get those old triggers and they, and they, you know, uh, cloud your experience. You know, speaking of family, cause you, something that you said just made me think of this. It's important to have community and family of your own. So you know that you have that and you, we, as we get older, Although for me it happened, you know, in my early 20s in my theater world, to have enough people in your life that are a genuine community of like-minded, like-hearted people, you know, who you can count on, that maybe you start having Thanksgiving with them, you know, maybe you st you know that you can come home to those people, and it's so important to build and create that when you are away from your family and when you have to heal from your family, you know, to have those people. It's also great when you have a spouse who is part of that as well. It starts to, you know, bond everybody and, and close the gaps in, in what that is. And so if you don't have that, if you don't have a spouse, if you don't have a sense of community, it's such an important thing to build. We talk about this here all the time. We feel like we have that community here at the studio and we have it in our lives. And it's always been something for me that I've had to have, partially because I left home very young and didn't really feel like I had that in my home life and in my family. And so when I started to build a community of, of people who I trusted and cared about and I knew really cared for me and had my back and understood me, everything changed. And it was always healthy to come back to that. And as you get older, that becomes your family. We get a lot of questions about casting, about auditioning, about your careers and the business. And we want to focus on some of the ones we hear often. So we're going to take one right now with great question. Let's talk about that. So let's dive in. So Paula in Chicago asks, how do I answer the dreaded question? So what have you been in? Uh, that's, that's, that's the one, isn't it? I haven't um, seen you. What do you, what have you done lately? Yeah, what have you, what yeah, you been yeah. up to? Like, you how's know, it going down there? How's it going down there? Yeah. yeah. All, that, all that stuff. In, um, in Hollywood. A lot of, a lot of versions of that same question, uh, 
ultimately might mean, um, have you done anything that I've seen or are you successful yet or whatever? And it, it, it speaks to a lack of understanding of what success means in this industry, et cetera, et cetera. So I think you got a couple options and maybe you should even <laughs> re- write them rehearse, down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> practice them in the mirror, yeah, yeah. Uh, tape yourself. To, no, um, because there's, there's the answer that is um, an answer asked that, that is given to someone who asks, who has the capacity to understand on some level what it is that you do. Mm-hmm. And that would require the patients to educate that person. Uh, I, I hear what you're asking. So here's how it all works. And here's my goal. And here's why I do it. And so last year I booked this thing. This year it's been a slower year. I did book this, but blah, 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 or whatever. Or, well, I actually got on a TV series, but this is blah, blah, blah. Um, and then there's the answer from the snide jackass who is just, uh, who knows? It's just, or, the or they, don't have the capacity, right? they don't have the capacity. I, and yeah. this is me projecting my own stuff because because yeah, yeah. uh, those uh, questions are tricky. Mm-hmm. And and they, they trigger me because I reference a lot of that old stuff from people who, look, you're, you're from, you know, I'm from Winnipeg, right? And so That's Winnipeg, Canada. Canada. And, and you come back having spent time in Hollywood, you know, right. Winnipeg, ultimately it's a beautiful place. Ultimately it's a blue collar town. It's like minus 40 for like two months there. Yeah. They're a, a, a sturdy people. And, uh, there's a little bit of, uh, the tall poppy stuff, as they say in Australia, that like, you don't want to show too much when yeah. you say, how you doing? They say not too bad. Cause to say good would be bragging. Right. So, um, so you come back all Hollywood, you know, they, they want to, maybe knock you down a couple pegs, you know, it's understood. So, understood. so those yeah. people might yeah. exist. So, yeah. so then how do you answer this question? So, so then to those people, you want to have a quick answer that shuts them up, uh, I think, and whatever that is for you, but, uh, it's going really well. I've done this, maybe offer your last credit or, uh, I'm in this incredible class. Um, I met these amazing agents. I'm, I'm really excited about the way things are going full yeah. stop. And what is, so that is an opportunity for you, whoever you're talking to, to actually look at what the pluses are, what the good shit is That's that you're right. doing, yes. because there is good stuff that you're doing. And so again, acknowledging what that is, really taking ownership of that, feeling that so that you can honestly say, you know, I'm, 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 I'm challenging myself by taking, doing this kind of work. I'm, I'm producing a play that I really, really love. Um, I wrote something and I'm shooting a short film. Um, I'm, I'm in a class that is just challenging me beyond, beyond, you know, um, whatever that is that you're doing, that is, that feels like you are really authentically doing that great work for yourself. And if you're not doing it, then you got to look at that yep. because if you can, if you're coming home empty and it's really empty and you're, you know, you got your tail between your legs and you're feeling, sh- you know, all that shame and you're not doing anything about it, yep. then it's, then it only gets, you know, it's th- that, that's a microscopic situation. It only gets heightened and worse in those environments. Right. But when you come home, you feel shitty again differently, but it's the same because it's because you're not really taking ownership of that. So before you, you, you deal with those people, you got to look at what it is that you're doing for yourself to grow yourself as an artist. Um, and that also may be outside of acting, right? you know, and we talk about that all the time. I was talking about in class this morning, the idea of what it means to be a creative being, to live a creative life, to be an artist. What does that look like? And then to, to really be able to 
to talk about that when you talk to, whether it's the asshole, the person who doesn't get it, or the person you do care about who you want to have an honest conversation with. You still have to be coming from that place of who you are as a creative being and what you're doing that you really can take ownership of and be proud of. So there's an opportunity here to, to allow that question to, to make you look inside and, and see what it brings up for you. And, and by the way, it's the same thing that happens when you walk into an audition. You need to feel like you have a license to operate in there, like you have the authority to say, I'm an actor yeah. or I'm an artist. And so the, the cross-examination, oh, really, on what grounds, which might come up in that question from, from the uncle, um, yeah, you actually should be able to answer that question with authority. Because you, because you know what the work means to you, and also you're in the doing of it, not just the, oh, well, I booked that, or I didn't book this. And that does not define you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you got to figure out what it is that, that's, that you're doing that you love and how then you can represent that to people. And it doesn't have to be a big thing. If you feel it, if you care about it, if you really can represent that from, from an honest place, then people will hear that. And if they don't, you know, move on. So we have another question from Sandy from Iowa. And Sandy says that I go home and my family who don't really leave the state or even the town see me or don't see me, but they consider me invisible um, and they don't acknowledge me and I just don't know how to deal with that. Yeah, that's uh, tricky because it brings up the lack of acknowledgement generally in your life. Um, and... And so you have to walk into a situation not where anyone's going to be antagonistic, where they're not even going to do you the, the, the service of seeing you at all. Um, like and that comes from being in such a sheltered environment and, and like in their own world so much, which is so small, that your world is, is not even, you can't even conceptualize sure. it. And I've heard people tell me that they go back to wherever they're from. I'm assuming that, you know, Sandy is an actor and from Iowa, you right. know, but, uh, who now lives um, in Los Angeles or wherever. Yeah. Right. Um, or, yeah, or New York, and, yeah. and, and people have told me like they go back and they feel like an alien, you know, they feel actually alien. And again, this speaks to you grow up and you're a little bit different. And, and that, that comes up a lot in, in what we hear from actors who have, like, if you think about taking the step to leave their home, wherever that is all over the world, which is very Brave. It's a big deal. Yeah. And and leave that place they came from yeah. to go to Los Angeles, New York, Atlanta, you know, Vancouver, Toronto, Sydney, London, et cetera. Um, and oftentimes that means that they were looking for something that they couldn't find there. And the folks that stayed there sometimes, these are broad strokes, you know, um, were content and found a life there and, and may never leave. They there. didn't have that, that yearning to, to bust out and find something else. And so right. here you are, go, you've gone on this quest right. and whether it's satisfied or not, you come home right. and you're, it's not even acknowledged. Because yeah. they can't or don't understand yeah. or don't want to understand or yeah. are busy with their own lives. And yeah. that's a, a level of disinterest and, and uh, not seeing that's pretty profound. And that, and that, feeds into your feeling potentially of not being seen in by the industry, sure. um, in your career, in your artistic expression, so that that can feel make you feel small or invisible right. or alien to their world. So what do you do with that? Same stuff that we're saying for all of this. You have to come back to understanding them, understanding their limitations, um, understanding when you go there, because you likely have enough data to, you know, from which to derive a conclusion that I'm not all of a sudden going to show up and they're going to look at me and ask about my life and acknowledge me. Um, 
and on some level be in full acceptance and get right with that. Yeah. And whether that means that you end up leading the conversation or um, showing up with the four things you know you can talk about that aren't religion, politics, or sex, or whatever, like those things that uh, that that make everyone divide into MSNBC and Fox News, or like whatever that thing is, the compartments, um, and uh, and and have your boundaries too. You know? Yeah, and have compassion for all of that and for them and their experience. Right. Um, I always found that when I I used to go home for Passover seders and people, sometimes I people just didn't deal with me because they were so deep in their own shit. Um, but I found that if I immersed myself in that and just released myself to that, this is where we are in this craziness, all of us together, um, and didn't expect anything from them and just resigned myself to being with them where they were at, it was, it was such a relief for me. And then over time, even over a few hours, they got to see that, oh, yeah, it's like the old days. This is what we used to do when we, you were kids. And... And, and then to find some real human connection in that. But for me, it was just getting, getting right with it and, and being relieved of expectation. Because you do, you feel like you want validation from people who are in your family. Sure. And sometimes you're just not going to get that. Yeah. Um, and then that also speaks to this thing we were talking about the other day, which has to do with um, that people think that you're fancy and that you sparkle, you know, and that you live in Hollywood or you live in the Big Apple, you're on Broadway. <laughs> and then what do you do with all that stuff? And they're pitching you. People pitch me all the time. They pitch me at weddings. They pitch me at bar mitzvahs. They pitch me at holiday dinners. You know, their ideas, their ideas for reality shows, their ideas. You know, this is my family story coming from the old country, and I've written it up for you in this, this Google Doc, and I want you to read it and make the movie. Will you do that? Um, so that sometimes can be a real burden because people think you you know fancy people. Do you know all those people? You know, uh, can you get my movie made? Can you get t tell my story? Your eyes are widening, <laughs> Steve. What is that? Family, am I right? If you have a question that you'd like to have answered here on the Acting Podcast, email us at theactingpodcast at gmail.com. That's theactingpodcast at gmail.com. And put great question in the subject line so we'll know. We're ready to hear your question and offer our take on the answer. Go ahead and email today. We're here. Before we get back to our conversation, we want to give you some added bonus stuff. She said add. I did say add. This is an ad, folks. Finding and maintaining success as an actor requires intense focus in your acting work. It's a consistent practice. But in a business this dynamic and this fraught with emotional landmines, achieving your goals also requires addressing specific elements of your career and your life. To be successful, you have to take a long look at what you want your career to look like and what practical daily steps you're taking to get there. And you have to be taking responsibility for the mental and emotional roadblocks that keep you from success. So to make sure the work gets done, we offer career coaching and life design coaching. It's one-on-one, -on -one, in person, at the studio, or via Skype and Zoom for actors all over the world. In our career coaching sessions, you'll find ways to let go of guilt, doubt, fear, regret, and powerlessness, embrace your gifts, and come up with strategies to realize your projects to network effectively, to engage with your representatives successfully, and to make money doing what you love. 
Together, we will turn the energy of frustration into the energy of doing and creating. In life design coaching sessions, you'll come to a deeper awareness of the emotional and mental blocks that stand in your way. You'll change your relationship with those blocks, and then we'll tailor a doable, daily practice that creates positive change in your life. It's awareness to intention to action. It's about removing what's in your way and creating presence and power in your life so you can show up for yourself and your career. So to schedule a career coaching or life design coaching session or a series of coaching sessions, go to braymangarciabraun.com slash coaching or click the link in our podcast show notes. And if you use the promo code podcast, you get a 10% discount on your first session. So another thing that I think we should address here is not just families, not just your folks at home or whatever, or the people who um, you see every once in a while, but it's your partner, your spouse, the people that you're engaging in daily life with, raising a family together, making money together, building a life together. And that gets challenging yeah. if your spouse or partner is not an actor. I have great sympathy for those folks because they also then have to, uh, by virtue of being with that actor, have to navigate the emotional violence and, and the, the financial and emotional ups and downs. It's very, very challenging. And so, again, it's the same principles. I think like an actor has to be able to know in, in their bones and be able to adequately articulate because they know it in their bones to their partner, this is why I'm doing this. This is what this means to me. If you're trying to put on some stuff, particularly with a per person that you're going to be seeing every single day, it's going to be exhausting. <laughs> you know, if you're trying to present some, I'm so close to making it big, you know, whatever the hell that means. Um, that's uh, false. Like, that's not what it is. Like, so uh, uh, a really clear appraisal of what this is for you is really important. And your ability to articulate it to your partner is also very important so that that person doesn't make any assumptions. Like, so it's super clear. And, and that means that you also have financial responsibilities that may not be met by the industry that you uh, are responsible to your partner for, to a certain extent, if that's the nature of your relationship. But I think those really clear reality check conversations consistently allow you to enjoy the highs when they happen with your partner, but also continue to build a life from a place of truth when you're going to class and in you know, the pursuit of growth artistically, and, and you have a couple shows that you book in a year and things aren't in this incredible you know, uh, boom kind of place. It's challenging. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it is about also being honest with yourself about what you need from that person in all of that because you may hide that from, for, because it's just too hard. You, you, just, you don't wanna bring that home. So how do you bring it home in a way that is honest and vulnerable um, without always being in a state of I'm not enough or this is not enough or I'm not contributing enough, especially to, to somebody with somebody who doesn't quite get it 100%. Sure. And they may be even in the arts. They may be you know, a teacher or work in the music business or something else, but not really understanding what that is. So again, getting right with it for yourself, but being able to and willing to articulate that really truthfully um, in a way that is um, honest and meaningful with somebody because you're sharing a life, you may be sharing parenting, you may be sh you're definitely sharing finances, right. and then ultimately you're sharing other people in each other's lives, other family. Yeah, I mean, if I'm looking back at my time 
uh, pursuing an acting career, um, I don't think it's a coincidence that I could not or didn't hold down a long-term relationship huh. uh, that entire time, yeah. like 10, 15 years. And, and I think a good deal of that is um, that I didn't feel um, emotionally stable, certainly not financially stable, enough to, to feel like I had something to offer somebody, like a great deal of insecurity in that regard that, that I would, and again, here we're dealing with the stuff that I've been um, trying to see through the fog of my whole life is this toxic masculinity stuff. I was going to ask you about that. As you it relates feel to responsible like the earning the ma- potential yeah, and yeah. you know, your worth is how much you earn as yeah. a man. And, 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 and I think men struggle with that a lot because the people don't talk about it. Sure. You know, yeah. how do you come to the relationship if you're not the breadwinner? Right. Um, and in, in, the manifestation of toxic masculinity is that you deal with that shame by, you know, broing up and and trying to present yourself as this tough guy or whatever. And uh, arguably, that's where uh, elements of domestic violence comes from. That that feeling small, not being able to deal with it, and pushing back as a result of it, overcompensating from it, needing control somehow. So yeah. I mean, this stuff is deep. And and so that and I certainly felt that that I didn't have the ability to give anyone anything because. And by the way, even when I was like sitting on some cash for a couple of years because I booked a TV series or a couple of recurrings or whatever else uh, on some level I knew that 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 if this is the life of the the way up and the way down that that didn't work for me and and it makes me sad that I wasn't able to to be in an emotionally stable place in a relationship during that time but I just didn't have the tools or the skills I now know that it's possible but again you have to do that work I say this a lot if if a studio like this existed when I was back then and Mm. I was part of it I probably would have uh, seen a way through because someone would have given me the tools to navigate that stuff. And I think what we do is we look sometimes, maybe, I don't think this is a female thing, but maybe more so than men, I don't know. We look to relationships for people to take care of us because the business, the our careers are not taking care of it of us in it. And so I know I looked to several different relationships to give me that because I just couldn't, I wasn't feeling that success. And, and I wanted someone to take care of me, you know, because I couldn't take care, I mean, really could not take care of myself other mm. than until I felt, until I hit a place where I was financially comfortable with myself. And then I was in a different place. Right. You know, <laughs> I'm thinking of a, a relationship I was in that, and these relationships get defined by where you are, right? Like yeah. if you're in this place of just like utter despair, I was in that place a particular time and, and a relationship emerged out of that place. And it was, um, that other person was perhaps in a similar place, and and then I I booked a pilot <laughs> that season, and the relationship didn't last. And and it uh, hmm. and to me it was uh, I was able to see what it was when uh, I started working and was engaging in a certain way. And that person's since done very very well, and I wish her well. But uh, but. It, when you go to those places of not knowing, like you're just reacting, right? Like just dominoes. The business is just batting you around and you're looking, you're just emotional vampire looking for some sort of something and that's what in happens. this town. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And as so you go to the relationship because you can't find it in, right. you know, you don't, you don't get that juice in, in some part of your career. So now, and that's just, it's just not healthy. Sure. And, and so you end up in these, these ridiculous relationships where, where that can't, the relationship can never satisfy that. Right. And so when I see relationships work really well, either between two actors or an actor and a non-actor, it's because the communication is there, which leads to the understanding. Um, And, you know, look, success for an actor means, we've said this before, 
hey, it's Wednesday, you just book the thing, you're going to Toronto for six months, you know, you get on a plane tomorrow. And, and then you think of, you know, the spouse, for instance, of that person, mm. and the kids in school, and, you know, requires a considerable amount of understanding and logistical flexibility and on and on and on. You, you know? know what? I found that my, um, you know, Renee may not agree with me, but I think Renee's he does. your husband, for those at um, home who don't know. That when I uh, moved to New York with a one-year-old, an almost one-year-old, an almost two-year-old, um, to direct a movie and had to just move my life across the country and he was here not doing that, we had to communicate and we had, it was like such a hyper-vigilant uh, situation for us to communicate and, and uh, yes, a lot of logistical stuff, but I think we were probably clearer with each other then than we ever had been or even have been since in some ways because there was, there was a need to really be on top of our shit, you know, and it's really hard, but it was important to me that this work and it was important to him that this work for me and we, we just, we, we made it happen, but it, it yeah. took incredible amount of, of work to get there. Again, the stuff of like, the better you do, the harder it is. Like, it's not just that you book the thing in, you know, one of our actors here. Yeah. It really was like a Wednesday, uh, you book the thing, Friday you're going to Atlanta and you'll be there for eight months. <clears throat> and so it's not just going to Atlanta to do the thing. It's like moving your entire life and your family. You got to find a place to live. What do you do about school or daycare or this or that other thing? Like, it, it's, a, it's a considerable challenge um, to decide to engage in one some sort of semblance of a, of a normal you know um, monogamous relationship or a family uh, in the in some sort of standard traditional sense and be in this industry it's very very challenging it requires a great deal of communication and understanding and I think people will say oh well that's just a what a great problem to have I booked something in Atlanta for eight months so you know how hard can that be you just make it happen except I think what that Yes, I mean you do just make it happen, right? Yeah. That's what you want, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff there to be gra uh, grateful about. But I think what you realize is that uh, you realize what matters and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. So let's say you move to Atlanta and you're making all the money in the world because you're on a TV series and your kid is unhappy. That money doesn't matter at all. And and you realize that only in that situation, I think. Or when there's a strain on your marriage because you're really successful, you realize that success doesn't necessarily matter. Um, so, you know, these family relationships are really important and, and this is where it also gets tricky is that they require a great deal of work. Like any long-term relationship requires considerable amount of work. So it means you have to have time, you know, in all of the elation of, I just booked the thing to stop and sit down with your partner and have that discussion. What does this mean for me? What does this mean for you? Lest the whole life just be this whirlwind of whenever you book something, the whole family picks up, you know, pulls up stakes yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. goes wherever they go, you know. I love what that is and the whole notion of like it comes back to self-awareness, to your values and to the things that really matter to you and communicating those things. I had an actor in class who said, you know, I just finally explained to my husband why I need to come here. And I've been sort of sneaking out, like going, I'm going to class now. <laughs> and then, and then I, and I feel like I'm, I'm like cheating on him because I'm I'm going sneaking off to class because it's this little private thing I do and then I come home feeling so guilty because you know I left him with the kids and the babysitter yeah, didn't yeah. show up and da da da, da and I, then I get I I like I'm, I have this secret and she said well, the, finally when I started to talk to him about what what this meant to me 
and how important it was. She said, first of all, I broke down. But he was like, I, I wish I knew that. I, you feel like it, I feel like you're hiding something from me. And I never, and then she explained that this was like, and it was such an important part of her life and that she'd started writing in class, but never told him. And she had these like secret scripts and journals and, and, and notebooks full of stuff. And he had no idea she was doing that. And she said, I know this sounds a little mushy, but she read him this thing that she had written and they just had this real connection over it. And it just, it just took the pressure off. And she said that she felt shame around it. And I think shame is something that comes up in all of this often that we just, you know, we don't, we don't feel like we are enough and and it comes up for all of us. It's not just for people who you know may not have an agent or may not be auditioning enough or may not be booking enough. It comes up around around it all the time. I recently had a family thing, and somebody said to me, "I don't see your name in the movies anymore. I saw it on that TV show. I didn't like that show. What were what was you know?" And it started telling me why they hated the show I was right. working on. Like, okay, I didn't make the show, but now I'm defending the show. That I don't even, and then I'm thinking, I don't, I hate the show too. Do I? I don't know. Why am I defending this thing? But then, but you know, I, I, I thought, do I have to go to IMDb and look at my credits because now I feel like I don't exist because they were like, and and then I, so I said something to this person, and she said it was a friend of my mother's, um, an old friend of my mother's, and she said to me, oh, we just took such pride. In, in your work when you were doing all those movies and you know we just felt so much a part of it and your success <laughs> was our success and I said so this is your loss this is your loneliness this is your and she said you know what I think you're right I mean this is a very you know articulate and this is you know school teacher in New York and a dancer and all this other stuff fairly enlightened a self-aware person but it, I, I could have let that go and not said anything and felt like shit and instead I confronted it and we talked about it and I realized that was her stuff, not mine. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's interesting that when, this is the other side of it, right? Like when you go home the conquering hero, when you've done all the work yeah. and they get to say, yeah, that's our that's our girl there. She came from us, look what she did. And, and I think what's interesting, because this is the other side of going home when you haven't really booked much, is that there is that, immense ego stroke that I think is another brass ring for folks, you know, the hero's journey, you come back the hero, you did the thing and you come back. Um, and, and I, you know, to a certain extent, I, you know, look, I, I had an acting career that was fine, I, but, but in those moments when things were going pretty well and I came like when the movie was out and they could go see it in theaters and I was back, um, that ego stroke is intense. It is. Oh it's like you did the thing. Yeah. There was a thing that you were meant to do and that you set out to do, and you did it. Oh, my God. I, I, I was um, shooting this movie in the Czech Republic, and so I missed the premiere, the North American premiere of a movie. I did Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I came back from the Czech Republic right to my hometown for this wedding of a friend of mine, a Gujarati friend, Indian friend, and so it was this Indian wedding. Well, I didn't piece together until I was there, a little bit jet-lagged, that um, my character in Harold Kumar was like a wild racist, specifically towards Indian folks. <laughs> and only when I walked in and people started saying, oh my God, you're in the thing, I was like, oh shit. Um, but you know, it turned really quickly to that, hey, you're, you know, you're from where we're from and, and you made it. And, and that's something that's, that's intoxicating. It's so false and it's so, as you say, like their stuff. Yeah. But it is intoxicating, and 
And I think sometimes the going back when things are not going well, it's in the context of, but what I really want is to come back here and show them all that I made it, which is, you know, uh, a lot of BS. It's a lot of ego. You got to look at that. Just know that that's some, that's a lot of old stuff and that's not why we're all really doing this, but it comes up. I mean, sure. We want to fly the flag and post on social media and right. have our families and friends all celebrated. And, um, we work really hard. You guys work so hard at this thing. Yeah. So take, you know, that's another thing to be able to say to people. Yeah, I work really hard at this. I care about it deeply. And, uh, that's the acknowledgement. Sure. You know, you're, you're an, you're a warrior in all of this. And that's something to, to acknowledge and, and just realize again, what, is important about this to you, but that if people understand, but again, they don't understand what the work is. They understand, so you go to medical school and you go through all these years and you become an intern and resident and yada yada, so that's 10 years. But if you can liken that to this, that this may take that many years, but it is it is a an internship and a residency and a, pract- a lifelong practice that, uh, again, putting it into context, because people don't get that. They think it's like you go to Hollywood, you know, you go to Broadway, you make it, you're, you know, you get in the awards. Like, I love when you say Broadway. <laughs> well, it's a, yeah. when I grew up, that's what people said. Go to the Broadway. Yeah. yeah. So I think you have to understand that you're going to be an outlier when you go back for the most part. And that can either put you in the out group or with self-knowing, with boundaries, with understanding and compassion, it can make you a leader. And, and I think that's an important point in all of it, that you can show up with an understanding that you might be a little bit different and your views and everything else may be a little bit different. And you can lean into all those conversations um, from a place of authority, um, which might make your time a little bit easier. Yeah. And so with family and with your own partners yeah. to lead with vulnerability and uh, honesty and authentic, truthful expression changes everything. We love sharing this content with our community. We offer it 100% free, and it's our privilege to do so. If you're loving this podcast and are interested in offering something in return, go ahead and subscribe to The Acting Podcast. Then find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen to your podcast and leave us an honest rating and review. Your words will help us bring this work to even more actors and artists around the world. Thank you so much for listening and for being here with us. We love how this community shows up for us and for each other online and in the studio. And as a thank you to our incredible community, we want to give you an amazing free gift. It's called the Comprehensive Guide to the Perfect Self-Tape. So all you have to do is screenshot your review, send it to theactingpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll send you an exclusive gift of the Perfect Self-Tape Guide to take your work to the next level. And come visit us online at thebgbstudio.com. And if you're in L.A., Atlanta, or New York, jump into a class with us. We're here to get you into the kind of shape necessary to be successful. 